Yo MTG Taps is proudly sponsored by CoolStuffInc.com, where you can find cool stuff in stock every day. Use promo code YO5 to get 5% off your next order. Yo MTG Taps is also sponsored by CardHoarder.com, our go-to source for Magic Online singles. Be sure to check out the Card Hoarder Loan Program, a flexible, affordable way to play many decks online. Everybody and welcome to another episode of Yo MTG Taps. I'm Joey Pasco, and I'm Big Head Joe. And we've got a big episode today. We've got a lot to talk about. Uh, the big news I on think. the menu. You, you think? You think what? I think we have a lot to talk about. I don't know. We, we might not have anything to talk about, but that may imply a lot to talk. Let me just let me just get past all the formalities here. So, the big topic, the headline news today, is the banned and restricted announcement, which just dropped about an hour ago. The first thing that happened when when it posted, I immediately uh, texted Joe and wrote, call me, and then wrote, never mind, save it for the podcast. And that's when I realized that I still hadn't looked at it. And I was like, okay, you know what? I don't have to look at it until we hit record. So here we go. I'm going to dailymtg.com so wait, 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 wait. Right don't now. read it. Don't read it. Let me, let me read it to you. Let me present it to you. <laughs> Okay. So Joe right, doesn't know right. the yeah Joe doesn't know what what was or wasn't you know included on this this list. So that's going to be our first topic, and then we'll, we'll talk about some more things. You know, um, uh, yeah, we'll we'll get to it. Well, let's, let's just 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 jump into this ban restricted announcement. So this morning, uh, August twenty sixth, you did you have. So you said you thought you saw something on Twitter because I saw a couple of people posting like vague things on Twitter, but okay. nothing like, oh my god, you know what I mean? No yeah. one like straight up saying uh, like an answer to what is the announcement? You know what I mean? Like yeah. I saw a couple of people like like. So you don't know? You don't really know anything? I don't. Okay. I have no idea. Because my so. first thing was, I, I want to ask you if you have predictions at all. Well, my prediction has been. Um, Hogak band. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and throw um, Allosaurus Rider on there just okay. for the heck of it. So I'm gonna say Hogak and Allosaurus Rider banned. Okay. And I'm gonna say uh, Stoneforge Mystic unbanned. Okay. And um, so and then nothing in the other formats. Stan- oh, I haven't. I haven't. Oh, I didn't even think about other formats. To be honest, Joey, I didn't even think about the fact that there could be something for any other format. So okay. interesting that you even mentioned that. Yeah, well, I mean, so go- <laughs> there's a lot going on in vintage. <laughs> oh, re- oh, okay, okay. Wow. Okay. All right. So actually, I'm, that's sort of a joke. I mean, I'm serious, but it's a joke because we don't really discuss vintage. We but don't. There but is, that's there is cool content. To know. Yeah, I mean. Um, but so then I guess the next thing I want to know is do you want the kind of you want me to lead up to the the more shocking exciting whatever or do you want me to just so start there's shocking with it? exciting in this okay I mean um yeah start start with the stuff I would care about the least and build up to the good stuff let's okay. just do it that way please all right quickly because we don't 
even Pet Play Vintage. Uh, Karn the Great Creator, restricted. Mystic Forge, restricted. Mental Misstep, restricted. Golgari Grave Troll, restricted. Fast Bond is unrestricted. That's cool. Nice. Uh, I, the, great. <laughs> I didn't know Fast Bond was restricted. There's band. a format Any- <laughs> you can play four copies of Fast Bond in. <laughs> right. I love it. Awesome. Go on. Okay, so that's vintage. Um, in modern, Hogak, Arisen Necropolis, is banned. Okay. Okay. Okay, I was worried when you said call me right. that, like, they were going to say that was not – it was, like, modern, no changes. I was going right. to be like, are you serious? I was, like, ready to freak out about that. <laughs> well, I because was that considering was, like I said, it, yeah. <laughs> my brain was not even in – Stand or not even in any other format. Right. I was strictly thinking modern, and when you said call me, I was like, oh my god, did they just not ban Hogak after five of the top eight decks in Vegas were Hogak? Yeah. <laughs> I was ready to lose. I was I was I was geared up to lose my mind about them not doing. Okay, so that's good. Okay, Hogak banned. Yeah, I was a little bit honestly, there was part of me that thought, what if? Like they don't Ban Hogak, like what if? Yeah. But they did. Okay, so we're all we're all, you know, nobody's shocked about that. Um, right. Uh, Stoneforge Mystic is unbanned. Nice. So, Called it. Yeah, that that is big. Um, we'll get into that, I think, a little bit more once I finish telling you the rest of the the news here. Um, there's more. <laughs> um, oh. And uh, uh, but but I'm I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, Faithless looting is banned. What? So they're going, they're going all kinds of, you know, Big Head Joe. Uh, <laughs> all yeah, sudden, right? I like it. <laughs> all right. So, okay, okay, great. Now, you know, I'm glad that they did it, and they also banned Hogak because there were a lot of people who were like, well, maybe they just banned Faith Saluting and it'll be fun. But they, you know what? Every single person who was saying that on Twitter has four Hogak in their deck. Right. So, um, you know, you can't listen to everybody because they go, oh, I don't think Hogak's that broken. Can I see your deck list? No. Yeah. <laughs> you <know>, like, <laughs> um, so you're telling me that you don't think it's broken, but also it's like anyone who doesn't play it is an idiot? Oh, so. Hmm. Yeah, there's something, okay, so that's something good. There. Yeah. So, so first got- of all, okay. Oh wow! This is this is this is great. Okay, so it's, it's exciting. Band. Yeah. I like it. I don't like it because I know Ryan is sad today, and like I texted Ryan because I was certain, and I'm really glad I texted Ryan because I said, "Don't spoil band restricted." I haven't looked yet, you know, because <laughs> uh, Faithless Looting is is it's, his baby. It's big, so, yeah. Uh, so I mean, and I know that it would only been a matter of minutes before he all caps reacted to that. Um, but he's been he's known that card's been on borrowed time for like a year or something. You know, he's been like, "Haha, I still have faithless." Every time faithless looting doesn't get banned, he posts a meme like, "Haha, I still got it." You know, right, right. Um, so okay, all right. So that's big. I mean, I like that. I like I like bands. So that's cool. Hogak was needed. Faithless looting is cool. Stoneforge is, mm, I almost swore, it's excellent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have like all the explanations here with like some bolded parts that I'm because I'm not going to read the entire thing, cool. but I do want to like at least touch on what they they said Please. about each card. But um, in absolutely, it, you know, celebrating uh, Steve Jobs, I do have one more thing. 
like you know the, the, the Apple keynotes. Yes, I do it. I do it all every time someone says one more thing. I go, "What are you about to pull out of your suit jacket pocket?" Right. Well, and my friends are always like, "What?" And I'm like, "You really don't remember the Steve Jobs anyway." Nobody remembers that except for me and you, apparently, which apparently. is great. But at least we explained it on the the, the show, so all the people you know understand yeah. the, the, the reference. Um, so if I were you know wearing a suit jacket with a pocket that could hold magic cards, I would pull out a little red card. Rampaging for us and on unbanned and standard. Shut up! <laughs> I'm not joking. Are you serious right now? I'm totally serious. It is unbanned oh for like God. for like what is it? Six weeks or whatever. I don't know when. When does Throne of Eldraine like become legal? Because that's when it rotates. But that's amazing for six weeks. Rampaging for us and on unbanned. That's amazing. I, I literally just instinctively ran over to my trade binder and pulled out my play set of them. I'm just holding them. I just wanted to hold them. Right. If you can't pull them out of your pocket, I mean, if I can't pull them out of my pocket, you can pull them out of your train bu- trade binder and I, hold them. I literally have them in my hand right now. Oh, that you're, is awesome. so, you're so beautiful. Oh, my goodness. No. Oh, my goodness. That's great. Yeah. And I mean, I think what it was was they definitely heard you complaining about Arena and they were like, we need to get Big Head Joe back on to Arena. And the best way yeah. to do it is hook him back with Rampaging for Asadon yeah. <laughs> for six weeks and then that's it. They'll hook I him mean, the duh, in and, and you're good. Um, I think I have like three wild cards. I'm going to use them all on Ferocidons. There yeah, you go. Care. Just do it. <laughs> that's amazing. Wow. I thought you'd be excited about that. And, and because like neither of us have really been playing standard, and I think you've, you've got a better idea of it than I do, but even that is kind of uh, not very much. I don't think I have a lot to say necessarily about it other than awesome. I'm glad they're shaking up the standard format right now because I think a lot of people aren't happy with it. Um, so no, it's awful. It, it, and like, I don't know something. Uh, and again, I don't. I don't want to turn into this big long rant about arena versus paper or whatever. But like, l- last couple times I've gone on there because I have gone on arena in like mm-hmm. the last week just to just to clear quests. But I'm literally just sitting there going, okay, I got to play some red spells, play some red spells. Okay, concede. Okay, play some black yeah. spells, play some black spells, concede. I'm You're like just literally just gold. That's it. Yeah. putting spells on the battlefield, and I'm like. This like just feels so bad. I'm like, I hate this so much. Why am I like joylessly playing standard right now? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, well, you so, want the gold, I guess. That's really the yes. Yeah, well, I want to clear the quests so they don't over, so I don't not get them refreshed. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, so uh, it's just so I'm glad to see a change. I mean, obviously, rotation will be a big change, right? But I'm glad to see them do something different. Um, with standard right now, uh, you know, and, and I think that that's great because Scapeshift is miserable. Um, have you seen this Kethis deck? I think, like this, it's n- kind of new. It's like I've heard people mention the card, but I have no idea what this card does. So what it's like it? this new combo deck, and I, you know what? I I believe it costs like black, green, white, something. It's a uh, it's a card. I'm pretty sure out of like Dominaria, but you know what? I could totally be wrong about that. It's it, Kethis. Is that? Are you sure it's not M20? Uh, it might be just. Do you, do you have a computer Kethis in front of you? The I don't. Hand. Huh? Kethis the, the hidden, hidden hand, hand yep. is M twenty. Okay, I see that. Look, I'm, I'm. It's so far under my radar. I don't know whether it came out last April or last July. You know, June or July or whenever mm. it was that M twenty came out. Um, but apparently, somebody uh, broke a deck or broke it. And, you know, built a historic deck with it, like uh, the legendary deck, because uh, it allows you to play legendary cards from your graveyard. So they just built an entire like strategy around mox amber and 
Um, uh, there's there's a card that mills you for two every time somebody plays a historic spell, I think. And so you're like milling yourself. It's a self-mill deck. You mill yourself, you mill all these legendary cards into your graveyard, essentially playing dredge and standard uh, because you're milling your cards in your graveyard, then playing them from your graveyard. So essentially it's Kethis Dredge um, <laughs> with not the keyword dredge though. So lowercase dredge, lowercase d. Um, but there is a deck, uh, obviously... Uh, it, it's pretty new. I only heard kind of rumblings of it. I just know that that's sort of the way, right. what, what it's built around. Um, and then you can mill your opponent out because I think you can get it to a point where you have an infinite or, or n- not maybe maybe not infinite mana, but a lot. I think you just keep playing right. and replaying Mox Amber, right? Like you, and then you mill your opponent. You mill yourself and then you mill your opponent. It kind of sounds like Hogak. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like the old Hogak altar bridge decks, right? Like, I'm going to mill myself until I have enough resources to just mill you out with altar, altar of Dementia. Like, it's basically somebody said, how can we build the original Hogak deck in standard? And uh, they did it. So, kind of crazy. Um, I don't know too much about that, and I'm sure I'm missing bits and pieces of it, but that's the, the gist of it that I heard. I've got the list right here and, from, yeah. um, okay. from, Stanisl- from Stanislav Sif. Like- Sifka. Diligent Excavator or something? Diligent Is that the, Excavator. What's the name of the card that mills? Fibblefip, yeah. Lazab, the Multifarious. Uh, yeah, which which copies Kethis. Because you need right. Kethis in play. Like, you, like that's a big card. So it's I think it's a pretty fragile combo, but, uh, but it's interesting that somebody built it and... I think they uh, kind of caught a lot of people off guard because, like, what is going on? But now, I don't know if it's a good deck going forward. I don't know if people know about it, um, if, if it's going to stick around. And plus, now we have Rampaging Ferocidon, so we're all just in a, you know, a sea of red right now for standard. I'm <laughs> totally kidding. Um, but we'll see. I just wanted to mention that because it is an, a, a deck that I heard rumblings right. about. Um, but the big stuff here, you know what, I'll, I'll read you the... Little section about standard. So uh, they they said that while we're generally happy with the health of standard right now, we believe rampaging Ferocidon will improve the metagame's general balance and ability to self-correct for the remaining core set 2020 standard season um, until rotation with the release of Throne of Eldraine. So they you know they're very aware of it, it, this is just for you know six weeks ish, um, maybe seven weeks, um, but they it does say that like the, the Two popular standard decks right now are Scapeshift and Orzhov Vampires, and both decks win by putting a lot of small creatures onto the battlefield, and Orzhov Vampires deck has many ways to gain life, um, and Ferocidon would give red aggressive strategies, and other decks like Jun Dinosaurs an additional option to fight Scapeshift and Vampires. Uh, I said I wasn't going to read the whole thing, but I basically <laughs> just read the whole thing. Uh, <laughs> um, but note, like, so this isn't in best of one. So actually, I, that that is relevant, especially for Arena, because it's it remains banned in best huh, of one okay. play due to differences in the metagame. So don't go, you know, trying to play best of one and being very confused why your deck's not legal and you know all Makes that. Makes sense. Um. Uh. So modern, uh, modern, like, so I, I think really the the. Francesco Amati put it best in his tweet. This changes everything. <laughs> I saw his tweet from this morning, and it really does. Like this is huge. So first of all, Hogak being banned, which we all expected, really put, takes a lot of pressure off of the metagame because you know we're all main decking like surgical extractions and ley lines of the void, and you know four copies of Rest in Peace in the in the sideboard. Like the graveyard hate situation is just 
untenable. Uh, and so Hogak being gone is great. Um, Stoneforge Mystic being unbanned gives like this great tool to fight fair, uh, you know, quote unquote fair, uh, on the ground. And because basically it's usually Stoneforge into Batterskull. I mean, it's funny, you know, Stoneforge is unbanned and really the card that that we're really talking about here in most cases is Batterskull because Umazawa's Jita is is banned. <laughs> we don't need to worry about Stoneforge right. fetching that. Uh, and the, the swords, like Sword of Feast and Famine, which I think is, you know, probably the best of the swords, um, arguably, uh, are, you know, they need a creature there. You can't, you can't just fetch it up and put it into play and it comes with a germ token like right. Batterskull. So, you know, the... the Level one here is uh, is Stoneforge into Batterskull, which is exactly what it was back in Standard. And um, I like how Wizards, like the way that they framed it, first of all, to get the Hogak stuff out of the way, they acknowledge, okay, we since the release of Modern Horizons, Hogak, blah, 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 we tried restricting, or they, they actually wrote restricting, so obviously that's not right, but they banned Bridge from Below to weaken the deck, uh, and then since then it continues to have a high win rate and oppressive effect on the metagame. Uh, it's clear that Hogak is the crux of the problem, therefore it's banned. So, you know, they, they acknowledged, they, they tried, they took a half measure and thought maybe the metagame could uh, adjust that way, and it didn't work, so they're going after Hogak. Makes sense to, to basically everyone. Um, we want to avoid taking a half step that once again leaves the metagame in a place where it can't self-correct. Over the past year, graveyard-based strategies have been occupying a large portion of the modern metagame to the point where deck-building diversity is being suppressed. Um, this is reflected in the rise of heavy-handed main deck anti-graveyard cards like Surgical Extraction, Leyline of the Void, and Rest in Peace. Now, here's the big thing that I, I, I like. We'd like to shift gameplay a bit away from the graveyard and back toward the hand and battlefield. Nice. Um, so I, I think that's kind of... That's where we're getting Stoneforge Mystic back, Uh and that's also why it says, you know, the, the key card enabling the majority of graveyard-focused decks is Faithless Looting. So uh, you have, like, Is It Phoenix, Dredge, Bridgevine, Variants, which, uh, which, which are all mentioned here in the article. And, um, you know, Hollow One was another one that's not mentioned here, I don't think. But, um, oh, yeah, there it is, Hollow One. Sorry, totally. My thumb was over it. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah. So all these graveyard decks enabled by Faithless Looting um, are taking a big hit right now. And I think... Banning faithless looting is a great way to sort of um, get people away from trying to play graveyard decks so often. Uh, but it's just kind of it's just an enabler. So we all those decks could potentially survive. And I think I guess to to start off, I think Dredge is um, is still a deck. I think Dredge just cuts the faithless lootings uh, and puts in uh, what's it called insolent neonate in its slot at least to start. And I think Dredge can, you know, can still be a powerful deck. Now, it's not going to show up in the quantities it once did, uh, and at least at first, until someone figures out a way to, to possibly break it again. But I do think it's still a deck. I don't think looting was the be-all, end-all in that deck, and I think that's going to be... Um, that's, that's still going to be the best graveyard deck after looting yeah. being banned. That's my opinion, uh, at least at the beginning, until someone you know puts something else together. But Is It Phoenix, I think, is another story, and I think this is where you were saying, like, Ryan, I assume, is a, is a big fan of, of Faithless looting in, like, Is yeah, It Phoenix? Yeah, he also, I mean, right? he also had I... Hollow One built for a minute, so... <laughs> yeah, He's okay. got a lot of decks that, so, uh, that revolve uh, around Faithless looting, so... 
Yeah, so I think Is It Phoenix is going to take, you know, the, the maybe one of the bigger hits. In, in terms of, like, the big decks in the metagame, Is It Phoenix was poised to kind of be one of the best decks post-Hogak, I think. Uh, but that was presuming that looting was still in the format, and I don't know how, like, Is It Phoenix adjusts to this. I think, um, you know, they're, what it loses is another cantrip, another way to get uh, Arclight Phoenix in the graveyard, another, you know, one spell that triggers a thing in the ice or triggers an Arclight Phoenix. Like, that card fulfilled so many roles in that deck that, and, and then, of course, an extra casting of that spell because it's got flashback. So it, it was so huge in that deck that I really wonder, um, th- there's not going to be a card that can fulfill all those roles. You're going to have a card, you can put another cantrip in there. Like, you know, Just I'm not sure Just play Burning what, but... Inquiry, you cowards. Yeah, yeah, that, that that works. It's uh, it's kind of like a cantrip, kind of. <laughs> it's a spell and makes you discard cards. I mean, maybe that's what we have. We have Hollow Phoenix decks. Just just merge. Is it Phoenix with Hollow One? Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know where it goes, but it really feels like that is looting is such a huge shakeup to the top of the metagame that I'm really excited to kind of see how how things go forward. Now, Stoneforge Mystic, um is, at least on the surface, for me, going to take the slot where I had Wall of Omens in my blue-white deck, which last episode we talked a lot about my nice. blue-white deck, and welcome to all, all any, any new listeners, and thanks to everyone who, um, who shared the episode and listened last week. Um, I know in the, the blue-white community Discord that uh, Fran Amadi has set up, um, we a lot of people were talking about my the episode in my list and uh, and then kind of iterating off of that my list was iterated off of um, Doom Switch's list which is an uh, MTGO uh, handle so anyway um, I'm not taking any credit for the for the list because it was totally <laughs> totally just uh, started with a base of of Doom Switch's list which he has written a uh, a whole article a primer on but I think all these primers are going to have to change because we've we've really got a, a wide open metagame now that we don't have to main deck surgical extraction or pack so oh, many uh, graveyard hate cards like it's just nuts but um, one of the cards that I that has been really good for me right now in blue white is wall of omens it really it blocks 20 creatures in the hogak deck what hogak deck right right. <laughs> right like now I don't need to worry about that it's great against so many other strategies too I mean it it uh, you know obviously blocks any three or less power creature and sticks around so it really lets you uh be a little bit more selective with like path to exile and um causes people to overextend i think i talked a little bit about this last week but so it's great but i think stoneforge is a is kind of in a similar spot but while being a lot more powerful on the uh, on the are offensive you, side are so you, you going have like, batter skull is that what you're doing I, I mean yeah so so stoneforge essentially you get a one two uh, that draws a card the card is Batter Skull or Sword of Feast and Famine. Those are going to be the two that I'm looking at. Yeah, I mean, just I'm just going straight back to Callblade era standard. You know, with those those choices because I don't think there are more powerful equipment in modern uh, off the top of my head that I can think of that would fit well in this deck. Now, the reason with Callblade you had like Squadron Hawk to carry the swords, Um, so it's a little bit different. I you know I don't think I'm going to go full. Callblade, like playing the Squadron Hawks, uh, but still having access to Sword of Feast and Famine, I think is is a 
something I want to consider. But right away, first level, batter skull. So I'm going to I'm going to pay the same casting cost, same mana cost that I did for Wall of Omens for a Stoneforge Mystic that gets me a card. I can block with Stoneforge Mystic, probably chump block if I need to, or I can obviously try to, to protect it and drop the batter skull into play the next turn. And now I've got a 4-4 lifelinker that can do a good job of blocking the same things wall of omens could but also gaining me life and oh hey you know maybe i'll just swing in also since it's got vigilance also (laughs) so it's very much uh a way to sort of turn the corner a lot earlier for a blue white deck and so i'm i'm feeling pretty good about that now you know it's uh stoneforge has to live because drawing a five mana artifact uh isn't you know having that sit in my hand isn't great but that that is all uh, dependent on someone actually dealing with the Stoneforge before I untap with it. Right. So, um, so it's it's going to force opponents into action, which is not something that blue white typically does. Like the the control deck usually is the one the reactive deck. Everybody else is proactive, and and the blue white is trying to be reactive. And basically, with force of negation and and uh, the advent of the War of the Spark Planeswalkers, blue white has been able to sort of go a little bit more proactive because they can. You know, play a planeswalker on three and protect it with force of negation. Right. Uh, so this is another step in that direction, and I'm super excited to like explore this. Uh, hopefully later today, after I edit this episode, and, and get, I'm, I might just send it out now. Like it's Monday, whatever. Um, like normally we post on Wednesdays. I'm just you know going to try to get it out, and then I'm gonna gonna you know start playing with Stoneforge Mystic on on Moto, um, which was does funny. It, does, I, you does, know, so does it take effect immediately? Uh, oh, that's a good good point. So let's see. Announcement date, August 26th. Effective date, in, this is in like across all form, you know, all, all ways right. of playing. Uh, August 30th, that's I think this oh, okay. Friday. Um, a Magic Online effective date, August 26th at noon Pacific oh, time. Okay. That's 3 p.m. You Your know, time, right. Coming up in, in less than three hours, so it's effective there. Uh, MTG Arena effective date, of course this has nothing to do with vintage nope. or modern, but for standard, uh, that, that's effective September 4th. So you have some time to, to accumulate some wild cards if you need more for your rampaging for awesome. I think I collection. have one uh, from like a draft or something. You know what I mean? So yeah. Um, and then I could just, you know, uh, craft the other three. But that's right. that's so, great. Um, yeah, I'm super excited to try this. Um, I I don't know, like, I. I to go back to, to, to talking about Stoneforge Mystic, I've never felt strongly either way. I did feel like I agreed with a lot of the memes that people posted where it's like, oh, you know, it's fine to have an 8-8 Trample on turn two. That was free. But having a 1-2 that searches up a 4-4 Lifelinker for the next turn, you know, that's just too too good. You know, like so, you know, all the kind of ridiculous things that happen in Modern and then comparing it to Stoneforge Mystic. So I always thought that was pretty much, they, they were pretty accurate. But I think Stoneforge is kind of a um, an innocuous looking card. I think even I don't realize how powerful it is. Sometimes, like I kind of forgot. It, it feels weird because you're like I'm casting a squire has essentially it, that draws me draws me a card. Has it ever been unbanned in modern, or has it been? No, it's started okay, on the band. Yeah, list. and like, and I agree uh, with that decision. You know what I mean? Considering how broken it was 
in yeah. standard. And, and modern was announced in the Callblade era. Like it was, I think it was like, hey, you know, big news today. Right. Jace, the the Mind Sculptor's banned, Stoneforge is banned. Next day, hey, we have big news. This new format, modern. Guess what? Jace is banned. <laughs> Stoneforge is banned. You know, they were they sort of. I mean, it wasn't literally the next day, but it was in the same chunk of weeks, I think. Uh, and so we had you know this new format that sort of started off with having a lot of cards initially on the band list and Jace and Stoneforge were two of them. If you would have asked me which one was more likely to be unbanned first, I would have said it was Stoneforge. Uh, although I'm sure if you go back to our old episodes, I was probably um, pitching a fit. Not probably, I was. I was pitching a fit about Jace being banned and they should have just banned Stoneforge at the yep. time. So, so uh, which I still think was the right thing, but whatever, we're way past... 2011 standard right now. <laughs> no need to go into that. Are we though? I mean, um, we're literally about to start playing it again. <laughs> in a lot, in a lot of ways, you're right. And it's funny because uh, I was I was talking to to Fran a little bit on Twitter yesterday, uh, and about Wall of Omens being so good, and and I, and how some players that are doing poorly uh, with blue white are complaining like we're this this stinks but they're not playing wall of omens and and it's like do you know how much this card is doing for us like how much work this card does just having like two copies some people playing three uh in blue white lately and and i was like well i played it as a four of back when it was in standard in like 2010 alongside gideon and jace so like i remember loving the card back then it's so it's simple you know it's just it's a nice card that replaces itself but it does so much work on the ground uh against aggressive decks and so I was happy to have another opportunity to play it in modern. I'm like, oh yeah, Wall of Omens is good. I'm playing it. Um, so I think there might be a lot of people. Uh, oh, I know what I said. I said back then Wall of Omens was blocking Bloodgast and Goblin Guide also. So it's kind of like the same same thing. And it's funny, you know, here we are in modern and Wall of Omens is blocking Blood Bloodgast and Goblin Guide, and now we're going to have Stoneforge Mystic and into Batterskull. And so I don't know. It's pretty exciting. Um, it's a really exciting time for modern right now because the the format has just been kind of cracked in half, in and in a good way. <laughs> like, I guess depending on your opinion, as you might remember back, you know, several months ago, I said looting was not a problem, but I did start to kind of come around on the idea that it was. I don't think I felt too when strongly I hit you about lightning looting. Skeletal. Is that when it was? It was it was right then. Yeah, like, I got hit like, with lightning skeletal. I'm like looting. And I have to discard two. <laughs> yeah, okay, I get it now. Faithless looting even made a card like lightning skeletal good. It needs to be banned. <laughs> oh no, you weren't. I mean, you were the first one to hit me with lightning skeletal, but you weren't the only one. Oh sure. I even at a paper tournament at Titan uh, a couple, like I guess last month or something, I, my opponent playing Hollow One hit me with lightning skeletal, and I'm like, are you kidding? I'm mulliganed to five this yeah. game, and then you just hit me with lightning skeletal. This sucks. Oh my god. Man, lightning skeletal. Um, no, that card is legit. Like I, I actually think that's going to be that's going to see more play i think because it is way more than a ball lightning um but anyway on to on to uh further discussion of of what this does to the format i i do feel like um i would have been okay if they they didn't ban looting but i was kind of hoping they would for what it would do for the format for how it would really change things um I'm not sure, you know, I haven't had a lot of time to think about it, you know, specifically where we're going from here, but uh, notice nothing from Tron was hit, and Tron is a deck that benefits from the London Mulligan, uh, and 
big mana, I think, was a strategy that sort of um, it's it took a hit because it can't it's not really interactive. So you know, if you're like Tron against Hogak, you you just get run over in a lot of cases because you're not interacting at all with with what they're doing until you hit like your Oblivion Stone, and it's like, well, that's way too yeah, late. You know, yeah. it's <laughs> it's it's not much happening. So, but it at the same time it benefited from everybody hating on graveyards and Tron's like, I don't care. Like, go ahead. <laughs> you know, I don't care about my graveyard. Uh, so it was in this weird place where it's like, if you could play against a non-Hogak deck with Tron, you're golden. Uh, and I think uh, players, actually even Alex Blackard, who uh, who does the Control Freak podcast, was posting like, I think I'm going to play Tron in Dallas. Um, and, because I think he was thinking Hogak gets banned People, you know, might not be as well prepared for Tron uh, because, you know, maybe I, I, I don't know exactly how the f- format would have adjusted without uh, with with just Hogak being banned. But knowing that you weren't going to be able to have to face a Hogak deck and playing Tron, that, that seemed like a reasonable, reasonable idea. But right now with looting gone, I mean, there's a big hole in the metagame. And I think the decks that survive it without getting hit uh, w- with anything, it, it, you look at Tron which is super good. Right. Uh, Blue-white, I think, is is a big upgrade now that we have Stoneforge Mystic. I don't know if that was going to be the case if we didn't have Stoneforge Mystic, but I was still going to play it. Um, <laughs> and uh, the other big one that I'm thinking about is is the Thopter Sword, you know, Wurza or Urza Thopter Sword, whatever you want to call it, these Urza decks. Mm-hmm. Um, because, again, nothing, nothing hit here, and with people uh, cutting their surgical extractions, at least from the main deck... You know, nobody's going to hit your Thopter Sword with a th- surgical extraction um, or your Urza. You know, like, th- it's that's that's not coming in game one. The graveyard hate's gone, so that's big, I think, for the deck. Um, even if Hogak was a good matchup for the deck, I, I think it's still a big player. So I think uh, those are the decks that I'm looking at to be the the big uh, contenders right now, now that Izzet Phoenix has kind of been crippled. Hogak's gone. Dredge has been crippled. So I'd I'd look at the, uh, gosh, yeah. I mean, even even like mono red Phoenix. I'm just kind of thinking about it right now. Hollow One wasn't really a big part of the metagame lately, uh, but that's been kind of crippled by Faithless Looting as well. But mono red Phoenix, like the prowess decks, Faithless Looting was a big part of that strategy because Arclay Phoenix, like Arclay Phoenix decks are now, you can say it, it was bad. You, you like to say it was bad in standard, but good in modern. I don't think it's good in modern anymore. <laughs> like <laughs> I kind of don't feel like, at least not right now, right? because looting has done such a, a number on that. Like the lack of having, uh, of or the lack of looting in the deck, I think is going to have an effect uh, on, on those decks as well. So it's, it's really like wide open. Um, I'm so excited. Yeah, like, it's... It, <laughs> I have a decent idea of what Modern looks like now from, you know, from playing a bit of it on, on uh, Moto, but I have mm-hmm. no idea what's gonna what it's going to look like, you know? Like, I couldn't tell you at all. It's pretty yeah, it's interesting. interesting. Yeah, it's, it's very um, interesting. I think the other deck... That, so, one of the decks that has obviously been big over the past month is Jund, uh, and we haven't even mentioned it yet. Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, Jun didn't get hit with 
any bannings, but Stoneforge Mystic might be a problem for that deck, or it will be. Um, it will be a deck that, or we a card that Jund has to account for, and I think, you know, Kolagon's Command is the card that you want to look at. If you're a Jund player, I already texted Kenny. I was like, get your Kolagon Command, <laughs> because you can deal with Stoneforge Mystic and Batter Skull with the same card. Um, it's, uh, that's going to be a, a, a card that you're going to see a lot of in Jund if Stoneforge Mystic starts showing up in the numbers that I think all of us expect it to. So, um, it's, you just got to respect it. I'm not saying John can't adjust to it. It can, but I mean, what nice four or five Tarmogoyf, you know, like I'm going to just blank its, its damage every turn with a batter skull, you know, like, okay, you can deal four and I'll just swing back or you can just sit there and not attack with your Tarmogoyf. That's fine too. (laughs) Like, like, you know, I would say Tarmogoyf is generally a four or five most often. Um, and so I think it's kind of, uh, it doesn't blank Tarmogoyf, but it really makes that card a weaker card in the deck. Maybe Jun takes a different direction. I saw some people playing Jun Planeswalkers in um, in Vegas, but uh. I, I don't have like a list in front of me. But there were like there were no Bloodbraid Elves. It was like uh, the new three mana Chandra, the Acolyte, yeah. the Flame. Mm-hmm. I think uh, was in there. Um, so more of a Planeswalker direction, which is interesting for Jun. I don't know how how well the deck did. I just know I saw it briefly on camera. They post they showed the deck list on screen. I kind of skimmed it and was like, oh look, no Bloodbraid Elves. That's interesting, mm. you know. And then I think i what couldn't even didn't have the the time to watch the match but uh but you know that's another direction for john i still think john is a good deck i'm not uh saying anything to the to the contrary but stoneforge mystic is going to have to be respected i think for john absolutely and really a lot of aggressive decks right like what does burn do <laughs> like, right right like i mean you can you sh- sure shoot the goblin guide i mean shoot not the goblin guide, shoot the stoneforge mystic shoot as soon as you see it like Try to deal site. 20 before you get four mana. <laughs> or how, yeah, or How five much mana. does it cost? Yeah. Five? Five for Batter Skull. Okay. Yeah. So it's... Um, I, I was having a, a, like a short discussion a little bit on uh, on Twitter last night with um, with Jarvis Yu and uh, Nick Prince, who were kind of talking about how good Stoneforge is, and maybe it's not a good idea. You know, all these <laughs> people saying, Stoneforge should be unbanned, and maybe it's not a good idea. And... Um, and Ben Stark was saying some things on coverage on, on uh, Grand Prix Vegas. Like, Ben Stark's points were, this card, you know, you pay two mana, and it requires an answer, right? So you pay two mana, you draw a card. Now it requires an answer. If they answer it, you're, you're up a card, right? You traded your Stoneforge for their card, but you're up a card. You have your, your Batter Skull or, or your Sword. Um, and then if they don't deal with it, it's like it's going to take over the game. So I, I was like, that's a great point. I really hadn't considered it in that in that way where it's like you pay such a small investment you have a there's a very small window of time for them to deal with it uh and and then it, it can take over the game um vendillion click is going to be great if we're going to see all these batter skulls because if you have the three mana and the click in hand and they activate their stoneforge you can at least click them and steal the batter skull out of their hand that's going to be an interaction you're going to see a lot of nice. again. um that's, you know, instant speed discard spells, which don't really occur a lot, uh, but Vendillion Click is one of the exceptions. I think that's going to be big. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. This is super exciting, and I'm so excited to see where the format goes right now. It's like, I, I just want to, like, go play Magic. This is great. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it is um, very exciting, because I have not been very motivated to play Magic or think about Magic at all, and it doesn't have too much to do with the state of the game. So much as it has to do with the fact that um, 
I'm getting ready for school. You know, I just enrolled at SMU full time. Right. Uh, I'm pretty excited. Uh, I have a class called Fantastic Archaeology, wow. which deals with hoaxes. Basically, it deals with crop circles, uh, ancient astronauts, and like goofy, goofy stuff. Like the aliens built the pyramids. You know what I mean? Like that kind of all those kind of like ridiculous claims it deals with those and like how to respond to those like as an archaeologist which is really i think a cool basis for a class it's one of those classes that like you hear about that happens in college that you don't Mm -hmm. actually like that's a class yeah yeah (laughs) sounds awesome it's that it's the first one of those kind of classes that i've ever had in my college career so i'm super excited about it you know i'm just like oh cool there's no way that's a class but it is and i'm taking it rad um but anyway so my 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 whole last couple weeks have been full of that you know registering for classes getting all watching ancient aliens Yes, all exactly. the season just binge watching ancient aliens. I Alien do want to watch that show. Like once this, I haven't watched any of it to be honest. Um, it's a really interesting show. Like I mean, I've seen an episode here and there, but uh, it's 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 a fun show to watch. I think. Yeah, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna start watching a lot of it to be honest. I've already thought about that. Um, yeah. But yeah, so so I haven't been. But this has me excited about magic. You know, am right. I excited about standard? Slightly. You know what I mean? Like I'm excited. Yeah that they did something i'm not sure it's gonna like change my excitement about the format as a whole because i feel like yes you unbanned a card that people wanted to play with again uh because the power level of the format has gone way up and this card continuing to be unbanned or continuing to be banned is just unnecessary slash ridiculous um but i feel like you're still gonna have to deal with nissa you're still gonna have to deal with with um, to ferry it, it's still going to be a really crappy format. Um, you know, I realized, and I know I posted it on Twitter the other day, but you didn't even understand what I was talking about. Is that oh, yeah. Nissa's plus is like Garrick Wildspeakers plus and minus combined into one ability? I'm like, that's so busted. Like, really? Like, <laughs> seriously? Like, it's just, it's insane. It's interesting because you look at the, um, you know, Garrick Wildspeaker, literally the first green Planeswalker. Right. The, you know, so you see how they sort of started with Planeswalkers and how they've kind of, the design of Planeswalkers and the power level has been kind of adjusted over the years. So, like, they started with those five and they were good, they were solid. In fact, I actually feel like they may have been, you know, more balanced in in the grand scheme of things than... Uh, than we realized, like, because the next iteration of Planeswalkers started coming along and it was like Jace the Mind Sculptor and Ajani Vengeant. Uh, and not that Ajani is overpowered at all, but I mean, that was, Ajani Vengeant was definitely more powerful, I think, than any of the other, the original five. Um, and, uh, and obviously Jace the Mind Sculptor is still one of the best Planeswalkers ever printed, if not the best. So, you know, you look, they were trying to sort of up the power level and maybe they went a little bit too far, especially with Jace. And so, you know, the, the pendulum kind of swings, but it's really interesting to think like, here's, here's a card that costs one mana more and we're, uh, you know, 12 years later and we're just combining two of the abilities. Like just for one extra mana, <laughs> you actually get the, uh, 
the it's it's not untapped two lands though with Nessa. It's just untapped one land, right? So it's it's sort of like a combination of well, uh, of Garrick's the, yeah, but, two but abilities. Yeah, but the land if it's a forest adds two mana. Right, that's true. So that's it is kind of like untapped two lands. I get equating you. it. You get two mana back. Right. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, and yeah, Nissa is certainly very powerful, and we're gonna see her for until she's banned or rotates. So <laughs> I think uh, I don't think that's that's crazy. Um, so let's uh, move off of the band discussion and we've just got a couple more things that I think are interesting to touch on um, speaking of exciting to play magic or excited to play magic I wanted to ask you about this because you sort of mentioned it in a text uh, about the command zone um, at Vegas yes. so yeah go ahead. You, like I guess you can sort of say I don't if you have had certain thoughts on the it the exact numbers but from what I gather um, like I don't know if somebody – I don't even remember who was talking about it. might have been Nick Prince actually talking about mm-hmm. it, but I don't remember. Someone who was at Vegas was talking about how, you know, I guess it was the last time they had a Grand Prix Vegas or it was – they were talking mm-hmm. about another Grand Prix. I'm still just going to call them Grand Prix. I don't care. Um, that they, like, were being basically turned away for Commander mm-hmm. or basically saying, like, oh, we don't have space for you. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, yeah, and I think that was a common thing for a, a lot of – any, any kind of casual play. If you weren't in an event and you were playing Magic, you need a table, and it's kind of like you get shooed away. Like, oh, we're using this for an event. Right. So go away. Right. You know? um, so they have this. They had this command zone uh, in Vegas, and dedicated space to play Commander. And nine hundred and ninety players showed up to play Commander. Yeah. Um, the main event was like two thousand players. So. Um, that is a that's a big deal, you know. I mean, that's a yeah. big deal. And then just shows you the power of like casual magic and like how right. casual and kitchen table magic isn't going anywhere. And if nothing else, um, organized play being horrible for so long <laughs> bolstered uh, kitchen table magic. You know, like. Because everybody was like, well, I don't want to play that because it ain't worth it. I just want to play Magic and have fun and hang out with my friends. Hey, look, right. here's a format that is designed specifically for that purpose, you know? Yeah. Um, I love that they did this. I think it's it's great, and I think it's it's really encouraging um, for, you know, to be able to say, like, I'm going to go to this big event, which, you know, the headlining uh, event of it or the headlining tournament is is this competitive thing, but I'm not entering that because I you know I don't play that format or I don't I'm not confident in my play skill, but I love playing Magic and I just want to play casually. Uh, it kind of for years you walk into one of those events and like you said it's it's like well is there space for me to play casually? Can I like just be here? It's and interact with vendors and other people in the community and if i'm not playing in the main event or do i have to enter a side event like can i just show up and just be here and like enjoy the atmosphere of this community where normally i get to only experience in small numbers at like my local game shop here i can be with hundreds or thousands of other players and uh and enjoy this game like i i think that's great that that you could do that for years but there were these little kind of problems where you didn't have the space to play Despite, you know, hundreds of tables being set up, it's kind of like, well, these are used for other things. So I, I think it's really encouraging um, and it's going to draw more people out. It just having having these and I think they're planning on having them 
going forward. I don't know if it's going to be every Magic Fest or a lot of them or what they're doing, but it's certainly not a one-shot uh, one shot deal. They're going to keep doing this. And I think that's, that's awesome just to draw more people to, to these big events and actually have a place where they can say like, this is, this is where I'm going. Like, you, you know, you're going to enter the, the Grand Prix and I'm going to enter the command zone and, you know, do you know, do, so do you know I, something I like hmm. this really makes me feel like the, um, the name magic fest is mm-hmm. deserved. You know, yes, and I and, and you know what I just said. I'm going to call them Grand Prix, and I'm not going to change. I'm literally going to change it right now. <laughs> the, well, you know what? It does. It makes sense, right? I hadn't really thought about it, and I didn't even realize I was saying Grand Prix. It's just habit. Right? It is so, a habit. But, yeah, you're but right. at the same time, I'm a little, you know, wistful about the past and about you know things being the way they used to be, where the Grand Prix really meant something and felt way more important than they do when they had coverage and stuff like that um well the grand prix has really been de-emphasized to i don't know in my opinion to the overall events detriment but because i liked that competition aspect i liked the coverage i liked following that Apparently, we're not supposed to be following that anymore. I guess that's okay. It's probably not okay. But I don't know. They had coverage of Vegas this weekend, and it was fantastic. And I wish I'd realized. Uh, Friday morning, I saw people talking about camera, and I'm like being on camera, and I'm like, "What are you? What is this? It's Friday, yeah. right? It's, there's hey. not a pro tour. Why is there Grand Prix coverage on a Friday?" And somebody's like, "It's a double GP weekend." And I'm like, "Oh, oh, you know what? <laughs> I totally missed that. Like, I didn't realize. I, I mean, I knew Vegas was this weekend. Didn't realize there was going to be coverage." Didn't realize it was double GP, but, you know, luck, lucky for me, Twitter exists, and I could just tune in, you know, when I had the opportunity. And uh, got to watch, uh, what was it, Yuta, Yuta Takahashi playing undefeated with blue-white on camera and beating John. That was fun. Um, so these are so, – I'm, I'm yeah. sorry to, to be harping on the name so much, mm-hmm. but um, they don't call that main event the Grand Prix still, right? They don't call it that at all, right? No, I think it's Grand Prix – I think they're Grand Prix at Magic Fest. Is it, okay, like a, a, a Magic Fest featuring Grand Prix Vegas kind of thing. Right, I think so. It I should could totally be, be if wrong. it's not. I was yeah. thinking like it really should be, but you know, seeing nine hundred ninety nine, nine hundred ninety nine, yeah, nine hundred ninety Commander players show up really does give this the Magic Fest and like really makes that Magic Fest name right uh, worth it. And I think that's awesome. Um, Another thing I want to say, because I've been talking about how I don't like the fact that Channel Fireball runs all the Grand Prix, and I stand by that. Like, I still, and it's nothing against Channel Fireball, it's against any one company running the Grand, every Grand Prix, because I liked the variety, I liked kind of the, um, the, the unpredictability of, like, the different side events and things like that. Where right. one company runs it, it runs the risk of becoming a little more cookie cutter. Now, right. you know, again, to Channel Fireball's credit, from what I've seen, some of these side events look pretty sweet and look different from other side events I've seen in the past. But it's still mm-hmm. one company deciding which events they're going to do. And to clarify, so CFB Events is actually a separate entity from Channel Fireball, all there's, though they're somehow, they're like unrelated. I know that sounds strange, like they're, it's, but Channel Fireball events is basically like their own group. It's not really Channel Fireball running it. It's Channel Fireball events. 
<laughs> it Interesting. Like it, it's it's weird, and I don't know the, the distinction. Well, Channel but I know Fireball there is a distinction. There was a problem at Vegas, and Channel Fireball responded from their from their main Twitter. Yeah. So at least there's at least some yeah, crossover. They're they're not completely unrelated. I just mean like it's a separate team or separate organization that sort of partnered with Channel Fireball or something. So I, I'm sure a lot of people who um, who follow Twitch know who this person is. I don't know who this person is, and I apologize if I pronounced their name wrong. But their name on Twitter is uh, Ellie of the Veil. Um, could be mm-hmm. Eli, but just because Lily it's, of the Veil. Huh? Yeah. You no, know, go, go ahead. It is Ellie, right? I think so. Well, anyway, oh, I'm yeah. going to say Ellie of the Veil because it makes more sense in my head in terms of what they're named after. So, yeah. um, she wrote uh, this uh, situation that happened from uh, channel from ugh, from Grand Prix Vegas or whatever, and the vendor asked her, "Do you play?" And she said, "Uh, yeah. Why else do you think I'm buying cards?" The vendor said, "Oh, well, you could be picking these cards for your boyfriend or something. It's not a stupid question." <sighs> and Ellie said, "Yes, it is. Yes, Have it a is. nice day," and left. Yeah. Well, Channel Fireball wrote back to Ellie and said, we're sorry this happened. That's not reflective of our values and the inclusive community we're building at our events. Free to talk, you know, responded to it themselves and dealt with the situation. And I just want to say that that's really cool and that I guess, you know, if any company, if any one company has got to be running these events, I'm pretty glad it's Channel Fireball for reasons like this. You know what I mean? I Uh, totally agree. Because that's cool. And, and, And you know what this actually did? This made me aware of um, the difference in responses that could happen from having different companies running the Grand Prix. So if there are five different uh, vendors or whatever running the Grand Prix throughout the country, this problem could have five different responses. Absolutely. And not all of those could be positive. You know, so the fact that we know Channel Fireball is... um, helping us build an inclusive community, you know, and doing yeah. and doing things to prevent crap like this happening at their events in 2019 uh, makes me feel good about them yeah, being sure. the chosen ones. You know what I mean? Um, so, so, so good on you, Channel Fireball. Um, thanks for, uh, for helping us make our community more inclusive. So, anyway, I just wanted to say that, you know. Totally with you. Yeah. Um, so, we only have probably a few more minutes. I I was going to uh, I guess quickly. I, I want to thank Wizards for bringing back the Hall of Fame. Okay, so that, that see, I didn't quite understand what was going on with this whole thing. So they did take it away at one point. Well, they didn't take it away. It just it just was like radio silence because last year, you know, we had a we had the Hall of Fame. To to clarify, the Pro Tour Hall of Fame existed in 2019 uh but then when they got rid of the pro tour everybody said well what about the hall of fame and wizards said nothing Ah, (laughs) so there was like this question like does the pro tour hall of fame still exist like if there's no pro tour is it called the mythic championship hall of fame is it the mythic mythic hall of mythic fame i don't like what is it like what are we doing uh so they they announced um i believe about a week ago uh, or so on Twitter about there will be a Hall of Fame. I think they replied to somebody in a, in a tweet, uh, and then they 
they made the announcement and who better to write the article than Brian David Marshall, the pro tour slash mythic championship historian himself. Uh, or is it the, the players tour championship players, players tour historian. Anyway, he knows the PT his historian. stuff. He knows his stuff. Yeah. So they are bringing, you know, we are keeping the hall of fame to, to clarify. And, uh, it is now subtly referenced. I believe I don't think anybody like kind of pointed it out, but it's it's called the Magic the Gathering Hall of Fame and no longer the Pro Tour Hall of Fame, and uh, the implications of that are huge because before now uh, the play the the people in the Hall of Fame could only be players. It was basically like the Hall of Achievement, you know, like the <laughs> Hall of you top aided this many Pro Tours or won this many Grand Prix, and you know. This is this is how you get into the hall, the hall of fame, and it was for the pro tour. So people that don't play on the pro tour really had no chance of getting into this. And um, I think for a lot of people that felt weird, right? Because like, who sh- should Richard Garfield be in the hall of fame? No, it's the pro tour hall of fame. So no, he shouldn't. <laughs> and I understand that. But what I guess the question is. Should it be the Pro Tour Hall of Fame and maybe it should be something like the Magic the Gathering Hall of Fame and that's what they've changed this to and I think that's that has great implications um, for the future. Now, there's nothing changed about it this year. Right. All the people that are uh, that are on the ballot for the Hall of Fame are pro players, pro tour players, mythic championship players, uh, all that kind of thing, competitive players. So, uh, But Wizards has acknowledged that they are looking for ways of sort of including other people in the hall of fame and i think that's awesome i don't know what that's going to look like Uh, what they have to define is like what is the hall of fame to them like what is it supposed to be like what what was it supposed to be initially is it like a marketing thing is it kind of like this is this makes our our game seem more important because we have a hall of fame you know like i can be create a new game and be like oh and then it has a hall of fame too like (laughs) how many players play it you know like six so far you know (laughs) like i don't like it's it's kind of uh it's a big deal to say your game has a hall of fame so i think that's that's great like that we that we have this for our community and you know the fact that the game's been around for whatever 20 26 years uh i think it we should have a hall of fame we've had the hall of fame now for something like 10 years i can't remember if it was introduced in like 2006 that sounds about right so we've had the hall of fame for you know a dozen plus years i think um but and i think it's great for the game to have but like what is it is it just a tool to attract attract more competitive players and acknowledge competitive achievement or do we want to acknowledge community achievement like what this game the 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 giants that we all stand on in this game you know um i just mentioned one of them brian david marshall like does he belong in the pro tour hall of fame probably not but does he belong in the magic the gathering hall of fame first ballot absolutely like yes you know and michael j mike flores Flores, right you have so many names jeff zandy jeff zandy uh, richard garfield might you know, be in the Magic the Gathering Hall of Fame, right? Shouldn't he? So I think that's huge. I I think that's big. Um, And uh, I'm not going to go deep into like the actual specifics of the uh, 2019 Hall of Fame ballot or right now, but I think the implications of further uh, inclusion in the Hall of Fame and the fact that they've called it the Magic the Gathering Hall of Fame now, I think that's just, that's really big and it's really good news and I'm really excited for it. Um, I, I, I love the whole Hall of Fame season. I know a lot of people don't. I understand why they don't because there's a lot of um, mudslinging that ends up happening because people are like, 
this person doesn't deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. They stepped on my foot at a tournament once. You know, like it's ridiculous. <laughs> like I, I'm, I'm, I'm totally exaggerating because some of it is absolutely worth discussing when, when it's like, well, this person was cheating this way and, you know, all that. But again, I don't want to go too far into that. I just love the Hall of Fame that it exists. And I love that it seems to be changing, in my opinion, for the better. And I'm super excited to see kind of where it goes from here. Yeah, me too. Um, I mean, I think that's really cool. Um, I think it should have. I, mean, I think I've been calling for that on this show for years that there should yeah, be personalities, I think a lot of people you know, have, in the yeah. Hall of Fame, not just because that would make me eligible. And notice, I said not yeah, yeah, because I, mean, I said not just because, <laughs> but I don't deserve it. I don't deserve to be in there at all. But I'm just saying, yet. like not at all, yet. not at all. Right. I don't think that there's a single thing I could do <laughs> from now until the moment I die that would make me deserve to be in the Magic: The Gathering Hall of Fame. But you never know. But yes, I do. <laughs> Mike Flores. Jeff Zandi and Brian David Marshall do deserve to be there and they've deserved to be there for years you know and so I love the the, the possibilities even though it hasn't nothing's been implemented I love the possibilities and I love the fact that they've acknowledged it and they've said yes this is something that could happen in the future because I think it's something that should have happened years ago so yeah. awesome excited it's great it's only good news absolutely um so I think that's about all I wanted to, to discuss this week. Did you have anything else you wanted to wanted to talk about? Uh, yeah. Um, so right now, I know they're not our sponsor, but um, Star City Games has a really mm-hmm. great sale right now. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I need to look it up because I don't have the exact sale. Uh, I think they're having like a blowout sale today, right? They are. They're having some sort about? of uh, some sort of nice blowout sale. Oh, damn it. <laughs> this is supposed to be like This is supposed to be a joke I know where you're going yes. with this so anyway, they And did it's a, not working well when you don't have it in front a, of you um, Or whatever uh, Yeah uh, they, they, they posted a tweet saying that Circle of Protection Red Is on sale 50% off It's almost like having two for the price of one um, Yeah Because that, that was a not so subtle dig here Go ahead Right so uh, they had an old school magic event uh, this weekend. I don't know exactly what old school magic implies. Um, I think it's like old rules. Is it blackboard or only? I'm not sure either. I just I know there's a community that pretty cards, much, so. Yeah, like there's some sort of there's a community that only wants to play like old school magic. So I'm I think that it's got a certain limit on you know in terms of which sets are included and it's the you know the only the earlier sets and maybe even like you said black border only like i i don't know the details it sounds like fun but a lot of magic sounds like fun to me so yeah uh the amount of time i have to play it is where i'm i'm struggling so yeah for sure <laughs> um, so uh brian weissman um supposedly who you may know as the uh as one of the very early players who uh made popular by uh, a deck called the deck back in the 90s um this guy you know he's he's a it was a very good player back in the in the early days of magic yeah yeah um well he won with the deck uh now however there was a problem when um he posted somebody had posted a picture of his deck online and he had one, um, what do you call it? One circle of protection red in the sideboard. When right, um, because he won the event. I think. I think it was like he, they're posting the winner's deck list, or at least that's what's implied. 
right. Um, right. So then later on, when he was playing in like the final, somebody had taken a picture, and he had two circle of protection red out. It wasn't the finals. It was like earlier in the day. I feel oh, like it was like okay. In, in an earlier round, somebody posted a picture of him playing, and he had two copies of circle of protection red in play. And then when the deck list was posted after he won, it only had one copy of Circle of Protection Red in the sideboard and none in the main deck. And so it's like, okay, wait, what's going on here? And I believe the explanation was... Excuse. Yeah. yeah, uh, Was there's no rule that says I need to use the same deck list in the event as I allow them to take a photo of. And that sounds absolutely ridiculous. Um, maybe there isn't a rule against it, but the implication is that you're saying, here's the deck I played in the event, and if it's not, what's the freaking point? So it's like, it's a terrible excuse, Um, and I don't care if, I, I don't know how you can honestly like expect people to to believe this um and even if you're absolutely being honest like i really don't want to share that i have two copies of circle of protection so i'm going to take one out for this picture you know like really that's what you're doing like you're doing this is this is important to you like it's just ridiculous i can't even imagine the thought process here i I don't know because it was made up because it wasn't the thought uh, process it's sad because i you know i think I had some amount of respect for this player just for his historical place in Magic. I don't know him. I've never talked to him. I just knew his name from old school Magic, not the format, but actual 90s Magic. And it's sad to see somebody doing something like this and uh, and then making like this ridiculous attempt to cover it up. I don't know. It's It's, it's crappy. Yeah, no, it's pretty bad. Yeah, um, but it sounds like he like he returned the trophy. He did. And so, so the good news is, regardless of what you feel about um, his excuse, um, he returned the trophy, and the winner of the old school championship upon replay was Jonathan Salem. So congratulations to Jonathan Salem for winning the old school championship the right way. Yeah. Um, great job. And props to to Channel Fireball again for looking. They they replayed the tournament like they didn't have to do that, right? Like they just basically were like, "Hey, everyone who's X one or better can come back and play." Um, because the the way it ended, you know, it's not it's not right. So I think that's awesome too. Like that that's a big big deal because you can't really do that very often replay a tournament where you've basically caught someone cheating afterwards um so you know they didn't replay the entire tournament but replaying a section of the tournament uh for people who are x1 at a certain uh at a certain point i i don't know i'm glad they did that and i don't know you know i don't know what that means for brian weissman i think his reputation is pretty tarnished uh now it's unfortunate but i guess it's it's unfortunate for us to have somebody for you know for us as a community to have somebody do something like that and now you know this this person who maybe did have some amount of of respect or at least just a normal amount of respect you give another human being now that's tarnished because now i kind of think this is the guy that that cheated at the old school magic event that you know hmm, think twice about things uh anyway uh anything else you wanted to, to talk about uh no i think i'm good um it sounds like vegas was really fun 
Um, it does. I love Vegas. I mean, I might be moving to Vegas in a couple years. I don't know. Uh, we've definitely discussed it. So um, it's uh, it's pretty sweet. And so, you know, Vegas is a really fun place to have a big magic tournament. And, and they always seem to. It seems like at least every year, every other year, they go back to Vegas and have something huge. So that's really they cool. They throw down, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's pretty sweet. Um, but uh, I, I'm looking forward to, to you know, to see how they're going to keep building off of this, I mean, off the commander's success. I'd love to see them continue with more, like, actual video coverage, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, Me too. So, you know, we'll see where this all goes. Yep. But pretty sweet. And uh, congratulations to everyone who won, including uh, the players who won the main event, who we never mentioned, Simon Nielsen and Alan Wu, our champions in okay. Vegas. What were the decks? Hogak and Hogak? It was Hogak and Limited. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the Limited deck looked like. I didn't really look at that. But um, Sure, yeah. I think there were like five Hogak decks in the in the top eight of the five, modern event. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Ugh. Ban that card. Yep. For sure. Um, cool. Well, again, uh, right now we'll, we'll bring back the Fringe Division segment and the Interplanar Beacon segment in a future episode um next episode because well definitely definitely uh fringe division because new new modern format you know like i gotta figure out something cool to do you know (laughs) it's all fringe now that's right i mean (laughs) kind of uh it's wide open so go enjoy modern enjoy commander enjoy magic the way you want to enjoy it enjoy playing rampaging for osadon and standard and uh until next time we're yo mtg taps Make them have it. <laughs>